Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen to the amen to the amen. Hallelujah. How many of you got God's favor resting on you today? His provision flowing through you this year? How about His will being done in your life? Well, that's the blessed life. The blessed life is the only life that you and I are to live. The blessed life. One thing about a person that's blessed, they're also generous. In Isaiah 32 and verse 8, it tells us, Be generous people. Plan to do what is generous. And stand firm in your generosity. We should be intentional about our giving. We should not wait until Sunday morning to decide what we're going to do. That decision should be made prior to coming to church. When we set a goal like we set for the joy of generosity, we must be intentional about our giving. We're preparing to give a big offering. We're preparing ourselves in our own family, in our own life to sow significant seed. You see, generosity is the blessed life. And there's a call for us to be generous with our time and with our talent and with our treasures and with our touch. You know, there's several great verses about generosity. I just want to say this to you, that over and above giving will produce over and above living. You know, David did that. In First Chronicles chapter 29, it says this, Now I have prepared with all my might. He was intentional. For the house of my God, the gold, the things to be made of gold, and silvers for things of silver. And he goes right on down there through verse 2. And he talks about he had an affectionate heart for the house of God. In verse 3 he says, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above. I want you to pay particular attention to that. Over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. It is estimated in today's currency that David gave about $1.5 billion. In those days, he could not write a check. So I can just foresee in my mind wagons and wagons and camels filled with gold and silver coming to give to the house of God. Then David turned to his mighty men, which were not always mighty men. And he said, who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? In other words, David asked them, here's what I am doing. Now, what are you going to do? Many would answer today, well, I just want to sing in the choir. You see, a lot of people want to sing like David sang. They want to dance like David danced, but they don't want to give like David gave. You know, Brother Hagin was talking about a guy that was running and shouting. This is no, you know, no judgment in anybody that runs in this house because we're givers in this house. Amen. But he was rolling on the floor. He said, not even a quarter fell out of his pocket. See, a lot of people want to shout and dance and sing at somebody else's expense. I think I'll just keep moving along. But David's singing and dancing, I believe, was a reflection of his generosity. He knew that his generosity was going to affect future generations. 
Folks, we sit in a miracle right here, right now. This five acres that we have is a miracle of God. I was talking to my son, John, who pastors in Santa Monica. He said some of the greatest preachers in Los Angeles are losing their buildings. They're losing their rents. They can't even afford to buy a building, much less stay in a lease property for a number of years. People by the dozens are losing their properties. These things ought not so to be. We're not going to lose this place. We're going to pay this place in full years and years ahead of time. But we are called to steward it. And as the head of this ministry under the under shepherd, I must show to you my generosity and our generosity so that you can follow suit. I didn't hear many amens on that. Now, before David's men became mighty men of faith and mighty men of victory, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2, that when he was in the cave of Adullam, everyone came to him that was distressed, everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented. And they gathered themselves unto David, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. It's interesting to note here that distress, discontented, and people in debt usually hang out together. But something happened from that time to offering time. They spent time with David. They got the spirit of faith on them like David had. They danced like David did. They sang like David did. And when it came time to give, they gave over 2.5 billion. Glory to God for the house of God. Don't tell me God can't take a debt person, a person discontented and distressed and turn it around and make them a person of generosity, a person of victory, a person of glory. And I believe that I'm looking at a congregation full of them. And don't you dare not say amen because it is yours today in Jesus name. Woo! They gave out of their affection for the move of God. In the house of God. And somebody says, well, I just don't see it, Pastor. I don't see how I could ever be that way. Well, God can fix that for you. God can change your eyesight. He can help you to see like He sees. He can help you to hear like He hears. You know, Jeremiah said this, Oh, Lord God, You've made the heaven and the earth by Your great power. In your stretched out arm. And there is nothing too difficult for thee. The Amplified says there is nothing too wonderful for you. I got a question for you. How wonderful would it be if you had a body free of pain, a car paid off, tuitions paid, your home paid off, a home with virile strife. How wonderful would that be? Somebody says it would be wonderful. And it is not too wonderful for our God. You know, Jesus required the rich young ruler to give it all. But once he gave it all, he would have had abundance. But the Bible said that he went away sad because he had great possessions. Actually, great possessions had him. Now notice with me. His disciples said, he said, uh, the disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. And they said, who then can be saved? 
And Jesus said to them, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. My brothers and sisters, you've got to decide who you're with. He's with you, but are you with God? And you're believing and you're declaring and you're praising and your faith connects you to who you are with. Say of me, I'm with God and God is with me. You see, impossible means it can't be done, but possible means it can be done. Wu says this. He said, in the presence of men, as men look at this, if you look by what you see with these natural eyes, if you look by, if you hear life through the lens of your natural ears, you will walk away and say, it's impossible. It can't be done. As far as men look at this, but in the presence of God, as he looks at your situation, as he looks at your body, as he looks at your children, in the presence of God, he, it can be done. As he looks at your situation, all things are possible to him. And I believe this, that God wants to do some great things in your life. He's begun a good work in you. And he's going to perform it. And he's going to complete it with your cooperation. With you coming into the presence of God, he will change your eyesight. The eyes of your understanding will become flooded with light. For you are not a body. You are not a mind. You are a spirit created in the image and likeness of God. And he's given you spiritual ears and he's given you spiritual eyes. So that when you get on over into the glory world, when you get on over into the presence of God, you'll begin to see his plan for your life. You'll begin to be able to hear what God has got for you. And all the impossibilities will have to melt at the very presence of a God who with whom all things are possible. Come on, somebody, say with me, be it unto me according to your word. Jesus said this, blessed are your eyes, for they see. And blessed are your ears, for they hear. You see, it takes the blessing of God upon your eyes and upon your ears to look and to see and to hear what others do not. In Proverbs, the scripture says this, he'll give you ears to hear and eyes to see, and both of them are gifts from the Lord. It's a gift, my brothers and sisters. When you see what everyone else sees and says it can be done, but you have eyes to see that it can be done. Open my eyes, Lord. Open our eyes. You know, blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and he said, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus turned around and said, what is it that you want? What do you desire? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. He's talking about natural sight. But I believe that the Lord is speaking to us about spiritual sight. This should be our prayer. Lord, that I may see. Lord, that I may see life through the lens of redemption. Lord, that I may see what I have not seen. Hear what I have not heard. And it happens, my brothers and sisters, by getting over into the presence of God. And it's not just a once a week deal. 
It's easy to get over into the presence of God in this place. If you can't get over into the presence of God in this place, you just don't want to. But if you will live your life in His presence, and you will live your life under the secret place of the Most High, His presence will literally saturate you. His presence will anoint you. Come on, be honest with me. How many of you have been over in the presence of God before and you've seen some things the way God sees them? I mean, your kids, kids may be rebelling, but over in the presence of God, you see them running like Andre did today. Your kids may be rebelling, but you see them in the presence of God. Your finances may be low. Debt may be crying out. But you get an over into the presence of God. And you take one look at El Elyon, the Most High God. And one glimpse at El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. And all of a sudden, from the presence of God, scales fall off your eyes. And you hear words of encouragement from your God. Your shepherd says, son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. The best is yet to come. Do you not fear? Do not be afraid. I am on your side. I am going before you to prosper you in your way. You're going to hear words from heaven over in the presence of God. If we just turn the TV off long enough, we may be able to hear from God. If we could just put our dumb phones away long enough, we may just be able to to hear, oh, Shandai, Shandai, see me tie my bow tie. We may be able to hear from heaven. Hallelujah. 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 I've seen it, Pastor. I've heard it, but I've lost it. That's because you've lost your sense of fellowship with God. That's because God didn't depart from you, you departed from him. You see, in his presence is what we need. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. You see, folks, in the presence of God, he's going to show you some things to come. So I said, well, I, I got some things years ago to come from the Lord, but they haven't come to pass yet. Well, listen, friend, it's not his part. It's our part. We've got to stay in there long enough and hang in long enough and hold fast long enough for the fulfillment of the promises of God to come to pass in our lives. And I know I'm preaching good right now. Say with me, in the presence of God, it can be done. Now here's what Jesus said in John 10.10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life. Read it with me. And have it in abundance to the full. Now, if you have a strong concordance, or if you can look it up, you know, online, Thayer's concordance, that word more abundantly carries with it these thoughts. Number one, excessive. Too much, more than enough, that is the kind of God that He is. But I love this one definition of abundance and more abundantly extra or excessive. Everyone say excessive. 
and extra. Now, when I was a young boy, you know, I'm 69 years old. I'll be 70 next November. You going to come to my party? You going to pay for it? All right. (laughs) I'll be 70 November 5th next year. But when I was a little boy, you know, before the internet came out and before they can get news to people like they can get it today, little boy with a hat on would rock around with a newspaper in his hand. And he would say, extra, extra, read all about it. Then he'd go to the other side of the street to sell his newspapers. And he'd say, extra, extra, read all about it. Well, I got a word from the head of the church today. Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Excess, excess, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. And I'm quite sure that many people have not experienced extra because they have not yet read all about it. They may have read all about it once, but you got to keep reading all about it. You got to keep meditating all about it. You got to keep speaking all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. We have abundance and we're going to shout it. Hallelujah. Extra, 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 excess. Read all about it. I'm talking about in the master's ministry, there were too many loaves and too many fishes. There were too many fish. I read about it in Psalm 23, where my cup is running over. That's excess. That's extra. And I believe what we need to do all month long and all into next year is to start claiming extra. I'm declaring over my life and over your life, we will have more than enough to sow seed. We will have extra to do what he's told us to do. We will have extra to do everything that he's put in our hearts. Somebody shout extra. Now, if we're going to experience extra, let us read, let us meditate, let us speak. But we must also believe in his goodness. How good is he? Is he... Is he good enough to do for you what you could never do on your own? Just how good is he? Is he Timex good? Is he Rolex good? You'll never get to Rolex living with Timex given. I'll tell you that right now. How good is he? How good is he? Just think about what he's already done for you. When I take a look at my life, I'm not the same man I was when I was 23 years old. I'm a new creation. Just how good is this God that would take a person like me and a person like you off the junk heap and put us into the family of God? Just how good is he? That he would spare your life when you weren't living for him. Just how good is he 
that he would protect you when you were in the military and when you were overseas. Just how good is our great God who when a thousand are fallen on our side and 10,000 in our right hand is not to come near us. How good, I think we need to come up. I think we need to come up not only in the revelation of his goodness, but also in the appreciation. Not having an attitude like what you've done for me lately. You never get to the land of more than enough with an attitude like that. You got to look back and see what the Lord has done. You got to get yourself up in the morning and take your first breath and say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. How good is he? How good is he? Is he good enough to pay this building off? Yes. Is he good enough to heal your body? Yes. Is he good enough to launch you into the missions field where you make a difference in the world? How good is he? So to experience extra, we must come up in our appreciation, in our revelation, and also our expectation of his goodness. The psalmist said, I would have fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm telling you, there's more goodness available to you on this side. Certainly we will experience his goodness. But on this side, he declares to us, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I love what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, the more you rehearse his goodness, the more you thank him for his goodness, it will open up the door for more goodness to manifest in your life. How good is he? He's good. Say with me, he is good. Say like this, for the Lord is good. All the time. So let's come up. Let's come up. You know, Moses, talking about extra, extra, read all about it. Let's just look at a few, and I will paraphrase for the sake of time today. But Moses was building for the house of God. And they had so much that they had to turn people away. Over in Exodus chapter 36, in verse um, 5, it says, And they spake unto Moses, and they said, The people bring much more. That's excess. Much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord had commanded to make. Verse 6. And Moses gave commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the whole camp. Saying, let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. Oh, would to the Lord that would happen in this house. Notice with me in verse 7. Ready, read. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. I want you to notice that word sufficient. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. Everyone should get this in their spirit all month long that he is a too much God. You know, one day he was out 
ministering to the multitudes. And they were there all day long and, and they were starving and they were, you know, they were very hungry. And his disciples said, we don't have anything. What shall we do? And then one of the disciples spoke up and said, there's a lad here that has a two-piece speech dinner. He got it from Colonel Sanders or whatever. A two-piece fish dinner. Two pieces of fish. He's got some bread. But what is that compared to this multitude? That day there were about 500 men there and women plus children. There could have been 10,000 people there. And you know Jesus knew the God of too much. He knew the God of El Shaddai. After all, he'd seen him turn the water into wine. He'd seen the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk. He put a smile on his face and the miracle of multiplication took place. And they sat down and they fed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Everyone shout with me, too many fish, too much bread. Notice with me in verse 4 of, of uh, uh, verse 13 of John 6. Therefore they gathered them together and they filled 12 baskets and the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above. Everyone say over, over. And, above. and above. In Luke the 5th chapter, Jesus got done speaking And he told Simon Peter, because he had used his boat, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon got his head in the way for a moment like we do. And he said, Master, we've told all the night and we've taken nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, what we're going to do is we're going to let down the net. And in Luke 5 and verse 6, it says, And when they did this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And in verse 7 it says, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, and they began to sink. Woo! That was a net breaking, ship sinking, blessing from the head of the church. But I want to take a parallel truth to this. When we talk about too many fish, I see too much harvest in the last days. I see every barn in the Bay Area, which represents a church, filled with people coming out of the world and jumping into the boat. Hallelujah. I am telling you, folks, our greatest days are ahead of us. Because Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works than these shall you do. I believe that we're landing now into the year of greater days and greater glory. I firmly believe that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the glory of this former house. And what is the glory of God for? I tell you what, it's a too much God showing up in a too much way with his presence. And when his presence comes into the churches in the Bay Area, glory to God, people are going to come. People are going to come. They're going to come from the north. They're going to come from the south. They're going to come from the east. And they're going to come from the west. Everyone say too many fish. Too much harvest. Too much glory. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for it? How many of you are ready for it? How about the rest of you? How many of you are ready for a greater harvest? Hallelujah.
more than we've ever seen before. And it's not just going to happen here at Heart of the Bay. It's going to happen in barns all over the Bay Area. Whoever will let their nets down for a drought, whoever will let their nets down for a catch, God's going to see to it that the fish come on into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Too much. Too much. Excessive. So much presence. So much glory. So much goodness. So many people. Oh, don't you know that people in the Bay Area need to hear from him? I'm not going to ever speak disparagingly about my harvest field. I'm not going to curse the Bay Area. I'm not going to talk about how nasty it is, how filthy it is, and how many drugs there are, and how many homeless people there are. God can fix it all. I said God can fix it all. A too much good God can go into homeless encampments by his glory and cause them to be delivered by the power of God. A too much God can go into a drug house and clean it out with the goodness of God. I'm not going to think about, I'm not going to talk about all the bad that's in the world. I've chosen to talk about all the good that is in God. I said all the good that is in God. And not only that, all the good that is in God's good people here at Heart of the Bay. You know, I know this for sure. We're sin abounds, folks. Same word, Raul, abound, excessive. Where sin is excessive, where sin seems to be too much, the Bible says the grace of God does abound much, much more. How much more? Much, much more. How much more? Much, much more. Jesus, work in your life is greater than Satan's work in Adam. And we're landing into the land of more than enough. I said more than enough. Now look at Psalm 23. Psalm 23 verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. The Passion Translation says, The Lord is my best friend. He's my shepherd. Now notice he said, I always have more than enough. Pastor Mark, do you think we'll have enough at the end of the year? No, we'll have too much. How about you? What's going to happen in your life? Your confession should be, I always will have extra, extra. Drop down to verse 5. He prepares a table before us. Where? Right here in the presence of your enemy. Don't go to the table talking about your enemy. Your enemy's not at the table. Your enemy's under the table. Your enemy is under your feet. He prepares a table before us right here in the presence of our enemies. I'm telling you, when he says he's preparing a table for us, it's going to be a bountiful spread. All we'll need or ever we desire is on the table. How many of you heard that old song? Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. Come and dine, come and dine. See, too many Christians, they're living on one snack a week. When God has prepared an amazing feast 
for us to partake of every day. There's extra on the table. There's extra on the table. We had extra on our table Thanksgiving Day. Thankful to the Lord and thankful to Brenda Raylene Edwards Thomas, the first. There's extra on our table. There was too much gravy. Paul, there was too much dressing. And I'm not talking about stove talk. I'm talking about homemade cornbread. Right there from the south. You know what I'm talking about. Too much. There was too I ate too many pies last week. I'm still repenting. Too much. Too much. Too many mashed potatoes. It carried on in to Friday. I tried to eat vegetarian, but I didn't make it. It carried on. I got home from the funeral yesterday. I was hungry. I'm telling you, those two, three hours, the two, three hour funerals that make you hungry. I got home and, oh, there was still too much in the fridge. Here's what I want you to realize. God is a too much God. And he has excess for you. You know, you hear testimonies by preachers on TV, and that's wonderful and that's great. How the God is too much for them. But the too much God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The table is not exclusive just to fivefold ministry gifts. I know a lot of fivefold minister gifts that are poor as Job's turkey. So abundance and prosperity doesn't belong to you just because you put a tie on and a suit and preach the gospel. You've got to contend for this like anybody else. But I want you to know there's excess there for you. There's too much for you. Can he trust you with it? Can he trust you with it? If God were to bless you today with one million dollar check, what would you do with it? I heard I'd pay my time. That's good. But what about over and above? What about excess? What about too much? Paying tithes is good. And that's awesome. But that's just the beginning stage of generosity that's the first step if you haven't got to the first step yet you better get there not for my benefit for your benefit because God said if you'll tithe I'll open you the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing there'll hardly be enough room to receive it I will rebuke the devourer for your sake you want the devil rebuked in this day in this hour everyone shout too much God Now notice in verse 5. I've been preaching long enough. Notice verse 5, part B. He says, You anoint my head with oil. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit, isn't it, PT? Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit that brings the very presence of a too much God upon our lives. He's within us but he's also upon us. And he will anoint your head 
with oil. And when that happens, let the oil and let the presence of the Holy Spirit come upon you. And when he comes upon you, you'll be changed. You'll be like a new person. Because the anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing removes the burdens. If you've had too many trials and too much tests, let the Holy Spirit and the anointing of His goodness come upon you today and remove that which is too much wrong and replace it with so much good. Say it with me, the Holy Spirit is in this place now. Lift one hand toward the Lord and say, Lord, I pray today that you would anoint me with fresh oil. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to saturate my soul, saturate my very being with the oil of joy, the oil of gladness. And I know, Holy Spirit, you will enable me to see and you will enable me to hear. Look at your neighbor and say, we've been anointed today with fresh oil. Say with me, fresh oil. Fresh oil. And not just a little bit, but an excessive amount. Not just being filled with the Spirit, but being filled with the fullness of God. Having the richest measure of His divine presence. Saturating you. And then flowing through you. The psalmist said, You anoint my head with oil. I have the mind of Christ. I see as you see. I will speak as you speak. And then he said, And my cup. My cup's... What's my cup doing? My cup is half full? No, my cup's running over. Raul, I got a question for you. Doesn't he know when the cup is full? Our God is excessive, folks. There's too many stars out there. The monkeys in Africa or wherever, all over the land, they've got too many bananas. Folks, we're not running out. Doesn't he know when the cup is full? Then why does he keep pouring? You know why? Because he likes it. He likes it. He likes it. Why do you put so much butter on your baked potato? You like it. You like it. He likes it. And he loves you. Hallelujah. We serve a too much God. He will pour out upon your life as much as you let him. He'll pour out on your cup till it's running over on the table. Till it gets down there on the floor. And then it goes out the door. And right out into the streets. We serve a too much God. And he took the children of Israel, listen very carefully, out of the land of not enough, representing Egypt, into the wilderness, which is the land of just enough. 
And I think sometimes there are too many living in the wilderness. Just enough to get by. Well, if I could have just enough, just enough. We need to get that out of our mentality and believe God for more than enough. Because more than enough is the land of promise. It is the land of excess. It is the land of abundance for you, your children, your offspring, for your church, and for this nation. Psalms 23 is a poetic psalm. Let me just read the whole thing to you, and I'll be finished from the Passion Translation. It says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in His luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. And that's where He restores and revives your life. He opens before us pathways to God's pleasure. And He leads us along in His footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to His name. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. Why? For you already have. He's already conquered me. He already has my heart. And that's why fear will never conquer you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You remain close to me. And you lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Read verse 6 with me. Read it like you mean it. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so I speak a word of faith over your life. Don't let this just be another sermon, another message. Listen to it. Go over the scriptures. Pray for your eyes to be enlightened. Pray that your goodness and his goodness will be with you all the days of your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this today?